0: Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. I'm here with Dominique de Benedetto, who is a salon owner, educator, entrepreneur, and all around awesome hairdresser and inspiration. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the wig industry and the wig business. Dominique uh, went through a process uh, of building up a wig business and uh, we're going to hear all about it. Uh, For those, For those viewers and uh, listeners who didn't listen to your previous episode, would you introduce yourself for us?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Dominique DiBenedetto. Um, I am a salon owner uh, in South Florida. I also have a wig business, and I'm so excited to really dive in and um, talk to to you guys about this and really get this out there because it is something so important. And uh, us as hairstylists and we – really just need to get together and take care of this demographic. These people need our help, and I'm happy to share any light I can on it.
0: Awesome. So uh, Dominique started a, uh, she moved from, and correct me if I'm wrong as I get some of these details, uh, started in a salon, moved to a suite, was in a suite for a few years, and then in 2019, moved into a, started a salon. Is that right gotcha. so far? Yep. And uh, so right before, you know, not long before COVID came along. And then during all the time from, from that point to now, you're expanding your business into a bigger space and you you started a wig business, which is going to be the main topic of our conversations today. And uh, you also start, you know, you're ramping up education and you signed on with Redkin. Is that? Yep.
1: yep. Okay. I, am, I am signing on with Redkin for 2022. Yes.
0: Awesome. All right, cool. So, so today, um, you know, the topic is going to be about your wig business. Uh, you, some of the things you said in the previous episode, when you were just say, talking about how you got started, um, you, you preluded or you, uh, you discuss, you made some statements that imply that there's a big, you know, bigger conversation here. Um, so, you know, just from the perspective of hair loss being such a big industry that is uh, lar- largely untapped, or at least it seems to be so from the perspective of somebody uh, who, as a stylist, I have people with hair loss issues and like, you know, I'm really at a loss. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about like how and why you got into, got into the wig business?
1: So, yeah, you're a hundred percent spot on when you say that there is a huge gap. Um. For people who suffer from, you know, androgenic hair loss, hereditary, hormonal, medical—I mean, whatever the case is—and the reason why I know this is because I am one of them. Um, I am an award-winning colorist. I can throw in a head of extensions all day long. I can make anything out of nothing. But the one thing I can't do is put my own hair back on my own head. I've been to every doctor. I've been to—I've had every blood work. I've been to specialists, and you know to have the percentage of 80% being told to me that there's an 80% chance that my hair will not grow back from doing some of these treatments. And some of these treatments are extremely invasive.
0: Wow. You know,
1: um, the only FDA approved hair loss solution right now is Rogaine or a hair transplant, which is very wow. painful. And your hair does grow back, but in sprouts, it might not grow back the same. Uh, it's a basically a skin graft. And it costs ten to twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. There's other treatments out there that are astronomically expensive. Laser caps. Um, who else? Whatever. But the average person is not going to be able to afford that for a thirty yeah. percent uh, chance.
0: That's what so, thinking. so I'm I'm familiar with uh, various types of supplements. Um, some seem. Uh, some seem to work better than others. Some seem to not really work at all. Um, and then I know the, of the transplants. And and I know about the cap with the laser in it. Um, I actually know somebody who's, uh, he's trying that. And um, he's using like Nioxin and um, some sort of like internal sup- hair supplement.
1: Minoxidil. Um, there's a, another skin there's another uh, skin medication out that dermatologists are now using to regrowth hair. It's actually a heart medicine uh, and spironolactone um, that they found that grows hair, but in men. Um, so I don't know why women would want to even mess with that. No. Um, there's minoxidil pills. There's minoxidil creams. Um, all of those things are now. I mean, some of the things are off the cuff, and they're using them for other reasons. That they're finding that there is hair growth from other medical things um but there is nothing
0: yeah okay cool so so we've established that the uh hair loss anybody suffering from hair loss and as a, as a professional you know with their customers sitting in there you know, I feel so helpless um uh, and I feel so sad especially when it's a woman when it's a dude it's a little Save different it. yeah you know but not all I dudes are the same so like but definitely when my women are 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 seeing that they're losing their hair, it's just super sad. Like society for, for the most part has said that, you know, women need to have hair and right. uh, most, most, you know, short hair is in too, but okay. So I, um, I, I think we understand like the basis. So, so you tell us a little bit about your journey into, uh, finding out like discovering wigs and, uh, like your own personal journey. And so, know,
1: you know, to this day, it is still really, really hard to explain. Or, you know, like I have a wig on right now, which I totally love to show everybody. I mean, it looks so real. Like you, you it does. Even, like I, had no idea. I mean, you had no idea, right?
0: No. I mean,
1: you can't. So, but I will tell you, when a woman suffers from hair loss and they even still wear a wig, taking the wig off is probably the most horrible feeling that you can get because you're constantly reminded of what is under there. When the wig is on, you're 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 like another person. Like I said to you before, like if I didn't have this or a topper or something like that, I probably wouldn't be doing this interview. I've been able to say yes to so many things in the past year because of this. Yes, on bo- I mean now I mean I'm on podcasts all the time. I'm I'm getting my picture taken. I'm being myself on social media which I never was In front of the camera. If you go to my Instagram and you scroll my social media, you can see exactly when that life change happened because you didn't even know what I looked like before, right? Because I just, I just couldn't do it. Like nobody noticed it, but I noticed it. I used to wear a pixie haircut. You know, obviously, we know as hairstylists, the shorter you go, the more thicker it looks. But that was start. That was not working anymore. The topic wasn't working. It was like literally just starting to like just not even stick to anything. Um, I just, I felt ugly. You know, um especially being in our business i i didn't I didn't even know how to be anymore, you know, so um the pandemic happened. I had a baby, more hair fell out, awesome, right um so now we're shut down, which is okay uh at this point because I'm like freaking out about what to do with this, so I started going in the deep- you know dark hole of Google YouTube, and I wanted you know I've always thought I wanted to have something a wig extensions did not work for me because there was no system that would work up in here. You know what I mean? My thinning is on the top. Most women who are dealing with severe hair loss, it's, it's not under here. It's up here. Um, and I'm sure as you guys have seen, like you'll still come in, you start to see scalp, you decide to go a little darker maybe you throw some highlights in the front to kind of just, they, they're always saying that they're seeing a scalp. We have the scalp powders and sprays they are amazing, but eventually they just, they stop working especially if it's something that's progressive um, or medicated anyway. So I started looking and I started ordering all these pieces online. Um, some of them were cheap. Some of them were expensive. Um, between all of them, they were all horrific. Um, I Like I told you before, I don't understand how a normal consumer could pick this up out of a box and be able to walk out of the house without having it professionally touched. And as being a professional, I didn't even know what to do. Okay. So. I started, you know, doing some homework, playing with them. I started, then I decided to go to the hair store locally and I started coloring them. They said they were human. So I'm like, why not? I'll color it. So I started putting roots on them and that started to become a little bit more authentic. And I started to wear them around the house and I still couldn't get past wearing it. Like the mental of being like, oh my God, I'm wearing a wig. Why is wig wearing taboo, but extension wearing isn't? Why is that an issue? Yeah,
0: that's a good question.
1: Like really,
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: Why guess- is extension wearing glorified? Why are their websites beautiful? Thousands, millions of dollars in marketing halos and and um, wefts and fusions and k-tips and tapes. But when it comes to this, we're seeing older marketing. We're seeing something that's not as sexy, and the word wig doesn't sound as pretty as extensions.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And probably people are it's probably an easier solution to solve. So there's more money being put behind it, maybe. You know, people aren't spending the time and money to solve the problem of of like how to make wigs more accessible and and more or how to make them prettier or look or
1: sound better. Yeah. Because the the thing is as society is we hear the word wig, we feel we hear sick.
0: Yeah. Or old Right. Yeah. But I'm
1: 37 and I do all the things I, you know, I do the Botox. I do all that. I am a, I'm a fashion. I mean, I love makeup. I love dressing nice and I want my hair to look good too. And so do your clients, but we know sometimes we can't help them.
0: So you, so you were going, you said you started going to the wig store. Sorry. Yeah. I got I got
1: sidetracked. Um, I just, Passion. anyways so I go to the wig stores and I started wearing them and people started saying how nice they looked and I started putting them on my social media okay. like a little bit after we opened right um and I started coloring them and people started messaging me like hey do you color wigs I'm like no and then I'm like wait a minute yeah I do it's hair I'll color it so people started sending me their wigs from around the United States and I started coloring them and then I'd send them back I nice. have a consultation just like we're having right now. Yeah. And they show me a couple inspo pictures, send them through me, send them to me via a text message and I'd go to the salon and color them and then FedEx them back.
0: Awesome. I love that.
1: And I will tell you doing that for somebody who's been going through this and to see them actually like take a selfie with it and post it. Like that's, that's, that's huge.
0: Yes, I totally can understand that. It so how many how long was this going on before uh before you were like, wait a minute, maybe I should do this for more people and make this 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 whole thing official?
1: Pretty much when I started coming out about it. Okay. So, so I knew that the only way to like tell people about it or show people that it works is to be the product of your own product. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I had to become real raw and real with myself and show people what was going on. Like, I hit it so well for so many years because I am a professional.
0: Right.
1: The one thing I got from people was when I actually showed my hair without any scalp powder. They're like, oh my God, I would have never known. Now I'm taking my wig off at the salon, showing people left and right. I'm like, try it on, try it on. You know what I mean? I had to get past that insecurity to show that it worked because. If I'm wearing it every day, then people, my people or my clients, would have to know that it's working.
0: So, um, so tell us a little bit about this like uh, discovery process of like figuring out the you know which products to use and uh, you know developing your supply chain. You had mentioned in the previous uh, episode just really briefly that um, it's a uh, it's a world full of scams and like what is the human hair world look like. Like I don't I don't know anything about it. I just assume people donate their hair and mm. people like how tell us about that, help us understand like the be- underbelly.
1: So there's there's different degrees of human hair that are out there. We're used to, you know, like the Remy, the extension hair, it's good hair, but I mean the wig hair is like on some other level. You know what I mean? There's European hair, there's Indian hair, there's Asian hair, there's um Vietnamese hair, there's Mongolian hair like The thing is, is they're, they're all good, but it's just different grades. So where this hair comes from, you know, you always like, my hair is responsibly sourced. um, And that's how, you know, it's like with a regular, like a a company that, you know, says where they source, you can see their factories, what's happening. And then there's some that are not. Um, They say that it's human hair and you get it and it's not. I tried to color it and it like literally melts off. You know what I mean? They might have some human hair mix into it. Like, um, you know, you have, it might have a human synthetic, but because you're ordering it from overseas, like you're not going to send it back. Like it's just, you, you got scammed or they'll tell you you're getting four pieces and they send one and then like the website disappears.
0: Oh, wow. So you experienced this quite a few times. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in the hair world that do wigs, like they don't like sharing where their supply is from because they don't want people doing it or i i don't know like i just don't understand how somebody would not want this out there you know what i mean right i mean it's very expensive like quality human hair that you get that is virgin that you can color is very expensive it's what are investment. we talking about okay so my p pe- like this i would reach like this i would sell for a thousand dollars
0: okay got it
1: okay but and that's even- colored
0: and cut this
1: yeah this is um this is colored, and like I cut it, I would sell it for like a thousand bucks,
0: okay, Got but it.
1: I have shorter hair, most of our clients don't they're twenty two inches they want long blonde hair, like some of my pieces go for two thousand dollars twenty five hundred yeah. okay, but they're custom colored
0: right, right, of course
1: um they are like I've colored them like I would you know, I always ask people what's your dream hair, send me a picture, so what I'll do is. I'll get this piece, you know, whatever inches that they want, you know, most of the time it's about 18 to 20 and that's like the average. Um, and, you know, I'll give them that icy blonde color or I'll give them that blonde they, they could never have because their regular hair wouldn't be able to take that. And not even with the safest color is doing it.
0: Are, Some, you, are you, sorry, are you helping people But are you helping people decide? So, so your business started off with you coloring other people's wigs and now, and just correct like add and take away correct where, where as necessary so and now you're you're having people buy the wigs from you and you color them and you cut them because you found a uh, reliable source right okay. yeah all right and um what uh just real quick i just curious like what is an example of one of the um like horror stories with like your during the sourcing and figuring, f- figuring this part. It seems like that's the biggest hurdle. So, in the yeah. Base.
1: So I ordered this wig for myself. Um, and it was a black, you know, a black Bob. Right. And it like, I, I wear my hair with like just like a little soft side bang. I'm 37. I still do the side part. I'm going to rock it forever. <laughs> okay. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I ordered this wig. I got it. I, I wish I would have brought it downstairs with me. It looks like a mullet from Party City.
0: <laughs> like something you wear for a Halloween costume.
1: It was nine hundred dollars.
0: Whoa! Wow. So, and then where was this wig from? Um,
1: like I ordered country? it from. I I mean, I ordered it from a a, a an ups a regular wig company.
0: Oh, so this isn't one of these like scammers this is just oh, like no that, this yeah, is the, like run of the mill this is what to expect if you're someone looking into it as a customer you're going to probably have to
1: do it. your you have to do your homework and you have yeah. to research but this oh. on that end of the supply chain so i went with this one company right um i spent i think probably like four thousand dollars and I, I ordered like I'm like so excited because I got all the colors that I wanted that I could play with and that I was gonna have like this amazing stock and make these custom things, right? I open the box, uh all the pieces are there. Um I start to color them and they're not taking the color right. Um I started to hide like I put I put them all on like styrofoam heads and I started putting foils in all of them, like just like an assembly line. And I take the foils out. Some of the, foil, some of the hair came out in the foil. Mm. Some of them, so now they're destroyed. Yeah. Uh, some of them turned purple um, from some kind of coating that was on the, ha- the hair. Um, I rinsed one of them, and it literally just basically dreaded. I mean, four grand, gone.
0: Damn. Okay. Well, and I went,
1: I went back to the supplier, and they just left me on red ghosted my ass oh wow and that was um, that was in china
0: that was an overseas yeah okay oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah uh so okay well um wow and did you ever uh discover like the where you get it now do you know like how they get it like what does that mean to be responsibly sourced
1: so what they do is in some of these countries like vietnam for instance they're they they these factories will employ families or employ, you know, like pay for these people's hair. So their job is to grow their hair.
0: Interesting. Okay. So
1: all of, so if you think Vietnamese, you, what is the color that comes to mind? Black, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So most of that hair comes from that part of the world. So you think of blonde hair, red hair, where do you think that comes from? Europe. Yeah. Ukraine, Russia,
0: and that's um, the Slavic experience.
1: hair. It's there's. It's called Slavic hair. Yeah. So they're paid. So these factories, they pay you know, and like I say, responsibly sourced, meaning like they get compensated properly.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: There's other companies that don't compensate. Like they give them pennies on the dollar because it costs so cheap to survive there. So you know, a hundred dollars can feed this family for a year for like a month.
0: Right. Right.
1: And they just give it because these people are desperate. So they're just paying for it. So I, no, I do not, that, that, that really does happen. So you have to look for responsibly sourced. And that's why it's so expensive because they pay the people properly to grow it.
0: Right. so I guess they would have to have like, uh, as an employee would like have guidance and, uh, some guidelines and structure to it. And you,
1: um, have like, you also have, um, you know, growing standards um, and also that's what makes it so expensive. You know what I mean? Like it also takes, it also takes time. Sorry. It also takes time for them to source it. So think of one person growing their hair.
0: Yeah. It takes forever.
1: (laughs) But then it has to be chemically treated. Right. It has to be. It has to be sanitized and chemically treated. So, with that being said, it has to be chemically treated, sanitized, packaged, all this stuff weighed because you know what I mean. You don't. um, You buy it by it has to be sized. It has to be sewn on a cap. Like there's a process here.
0: Yeah, it sounds like actually sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a thousand bucks is actually probably a decent deal and especially considering the amount of time and energy and money you put into getting oh, the thing up and going
1: it took probably a good six months before i even saw a fraction of a profit not to mention all of the good hair that i did get that i destroyed coloring it wrong
0: right so you're talking about six to ten thousand dollars maybe yeah about six months worth of work and I mean, I've I've,
1: I've lost nights over like coloring a wig, you know what I mean? Like not getting that perfect tone or not being able to deliver, you know what I mean? Because you're dealing, we're dealing normally with emotional clients because, you know, they get, they, you know, like people are emotional about their hair. We know that. Yeah. But when you're dealing with this, it's a different kind of pressure because this person is counting on you to make them feel how they used to. We're not right. trying to deliver new results. We're not trying to make them look different. We're trying to make them look the same.
0: Right.
1: Of how they remember themselves feeling great.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of pressure.
1: Do you ever hear that person like sitting in your chair and they're like, oh, my hair used to be like this.
0: Uh, who hasn't?
1: <laughs> right. Like,
0: yeah. Totally. So now
1: we're trying to, de- I'm trying to replicate that.
0: Yeah. That's like, that's So sounds- I'm
1: looking at pictures from when they were six.
0: Oh yeah. Cause that's what their hair. Yeah. Well, I guess if it's a wig, it's,
1: that sounds like a lot of You're pressure right. I'm trying to match density so then, so then I get the wig it looks like the cousin it when you get it so then the cut comes in that haircut I could cut that thing six times before it's right like I honestly am raising my price on cutting the wig because it needs to go to way more than my regular human haircut because cutting wigs is a whole other different ball game
0: I, I imagine that
1: because you get one chance
0: yeah.
1: You cut that bang, it's over.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good <laughs> point. And then what are you going to do? You got to replace the wig if you screw it up. So the risk and of, you know, the extra capital has to be considered. Wow.
1: Right. Like, you're you're in it. Like, what are you going to do with that wig? Yeah, maybe you could turn around and sell it, but maybe not. And you're going to have this piece that you already screwed up. You know what I mean?
0: Unless it's like a bangs like on <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. never know,
1: but again, like I always like to carry, so what I like to do is I carry stock pieces in like a blonde and then I carry stock pieces in a brown. So I know with, I mean, with the browns that I know that I have, I can lift to like a sun-kissed warm balayage. With the blondes, I low light and root and bring down. So if it's already blonde, I don't have to lighten it because
0: gotcha. bleach,
1: whether it's, you know, it's it's still hair, like if you can't beat it up.
0: Right. It sounds like uh, it sounds like you're laying out the uh, ground floor for uh, doing education on wigs. Have you thought about that?
1: I actually did my first class in Boston about a month ago.
0: Nice. So you were teaching hairdressers how to cut and color wigs and stuff.
1: Yep. Um, I went to a salon in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and i I had them purchase a wig. Um, I explained to them like how to like where to get it. You know, um, I, then I, they brought, they had the wig there. Um, they asked me what I used to color and that's actually how I fell back in love with Redken again was I started using the gels on these wigs. Okay. That's what works because of the consistency. Uh. And, um, I refell in love with the company and that's a whole other story, but, um, I taught them how to get it, treat it when they get it out, clarify a certain way, how to market it, how to. Um, low light it, how to section it, how to work with it. We went through all the things and it was an amazing class and they're able now to um, offer that to their clients.
0: Well, this sounds like quite a robust portfolio of um, businesses and uh, work and effort and impact and sounds very exciting. Um, Well, if anybody is interested in knowing more about wigs, is it cool that they like what's the best way to reach out to you? If oh,
1: my, um, my Instagram it's hair by Dom D. Um, if you go to wig life, there's a bunch of, you know, highlights in there. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, which I haven't been really great with, but actually that YouTube actually uh, explains my struggle with hair loss. Um, and it actually tells the whole story and how to put on a wig and how to uh, secure it a topper anyway, because I wear both. But um, then, uh, If you go on to, yeah, once you go to the Instagram, you'll find everything. The TikToks are there, all that kind of stuff. And if you have any questions, feel free to, you know, ask. And I'm I'm definitely going to help you. Um, More people in this industry need to touch on this demographic.
0: Um, Yeah,
1: 100%. Most hair loss clients don't even go to the salon because they're so embarrassed
0: and something that uh all you viewers should should like think about when you're wondering like do i really need to know this if you don't have a clientele that is older uh you might have only come across this a little bit but um you know baby boomers are growing older and there there's data showing that they spend a lot more money uh than any other generation on on anti-aging, everything, and so there's a lot of there's a lot more people. There's a huge percentage of the population that is going through these phases. Not to mention the people who are not in those phases and uh, who are probably going to be, you know, the most emotional about this as well. So having this in your, at least That's having, at least knowing you, like I can uh, now I can just like, I guess I could refer. You know, if I only have one or two, I could just uh, maybe refer them to you.
1: And I'd be happy to help them. Another thing too is, uh, baby boomers aside, we are in a health, um, you know, we have people that have COVID hair loss and it's on, it's coming. And these people are not baby boomers. These people are 25 years old. You know, we have more people with autoimmune diseases than we've ever had. People who are dealing with, just to name ones that off the top of my head, we have Lyme disease, we have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, we have, uh, Hashimoto's thyroid disorders for women. People who have had hysterectomies are losing their hair, menopause, premenopausal women who are hitting menopause at 35. Mm. So these things are all happening to our generation at a fast rate. And hair loss is, is usually the first inclination that there's something off. So if you have clients in your chair and you're noticing from touch up to touch up, that they're getting thinner and thinner. I'm not telling you to diagnose them, but I am telling you to tell them to go get some blood work done.
0: Yeah, that's good. Refer them to somebody. Uh, That's good. You know what else is also something uh, you were making me think of when you were saying this? Uh, So all those, plus uh, we're in a super like, you know, For those of you who, uh, you know, some people may or may not believe in this, but mental health challenges and stress and anxiety are at astronomically high levels, and that definitely has an impact on people's hair.
1: If you've had a client that has gone through a traumatic divorce, check her hairline. I'm telling you, because some people will attack, like people who suffer from a mental disorder called trichlomania. Um, It's where they pull out their hair, they pull out their eyelashes, they pull out their eyebrows. I have three clients that I put in toppers and wigs, one being 13 years old, who deals oh, wow. with that. Wow. So they're out there. They're not coming into salons because they're petrified. Um, they've been embarrassed. They they are cutting their own hair. Um, they don't want to be exposed in front of anybody. Um, in my new space, I'm actually building an area for women or hair loss clients who don't want to be in front of anyone.
0: Smart. I, like that, so I can that, give yeah. them
1: that dis- that that privacy and that disclosure yeah because I am I will tell you right now like there are some people that I do not take my wig off in front of
0: yeah I mean, think makes total sense
1: one of them is my husband oh yeah I can't do it
0: okay well there that's uh that's huge actually <laughs> Well, all of you, anybody watching this and uh, li- or listening, um, if you have any customers that are experiencing uh, hair loss, or uh, you're just basically interested in getting into wigs, or you, you know, maybe you just realize that this is an area that you don't really know anything about. Uh, now you have a resource. Uh, Dominique is more than happy to help you out and um, point you in the right direction, or even potentially even uh, do some training for you.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Absolutely, Awesome. Well, I was, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed learning about the wig industry and, uh, and, and your personal uh, story as you, uh, you know, your journey through this. And um, I believe that, you know, I definitely learned some things. Uh, so I hope that everybody else did. And, and again, feel free to reach out to her. You can reach out to, to us and you can, uh, we can direct you to her. So thanks again, Dominique. Um, thanks guys. Thanks for coming, and I hope to have you on again soon. Me too. All right. Take care.
1: Bye.